the pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 163 of the Severe MMA podcast. We're here on a beautiful Monday uh, afternoon. It's actually pissing rain, but it's beautiful anyway because we're here. Uh, I'm here as well, as I said. Sunny in sunny Dublin. Sunny <laughs> in Dublin. I'm here with the Dermot Burns of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, as you can hear. There, as we uh, as we talk mostly about next week's events, uh, big UFC Liverpool coming up, Bellator two hundred as well, and we look back at a kind of a shitty UFC Chile from last week. Peter Queeley got a big uh, a few more things in our uh, our docket there to talk about. Before we do that, let me just give a shout out to a few people who signed up for Patreon over the last few weeks. I think I might have missed a few of them uh, last week. So we've Darrow Sullivan, Keen Grady, uh, Damian, JJ, Will. Uh, Dylan Sheridan, Callum Divin, Keen Keating, Cripey Hegarty, Jack McHugh, Jeeves, Paul Sire, uh, Robert Costello, Stuart Burns, Luke, Kevin Doherty, uh, Micah, Liam, Stephen, there's a, a load more. So thanks everyone for signing up, patreon.com forward slash VRM podcast. If anyone hasn't signed up yet, four quid a month, be grand, do it there. Graham, how things? Yeah, good. Good. Uh, it's been a nice few days of uh, weather. Well, yesterday wasn't great, but it's been nice to be able to go out and uh, enjoy yourself in the weather without having to, to bring a hoodie and a coat. <laughs> been chilly enough here. It's been kind of raining and stuff, but I've been on the beer for the whole weekend, so I didn't I didn't really see much of it. I, 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 it was fairly wet in the bottom of my can. That's all I saw, so that's all that matters. Uh, yeah, I went to the Rolling Stones on Thursday, and it was a, it was a beautiful day, so that, that was that was handy. It was good. It was Mick Jagger jumping around the place like a madman. I saw videos of him going around. And yeah, he was and really active, and his voice is really good for a seventy odd, uh, <laughs> seventy odd year old. So uh, fair play to him. He's in, he's kept himself in good nick. Yeah, fair play, fair play. We'll talk about sport at the weekend at the end of the podcast in case people don't like it because we could go on about it for a few minutes. But we're going to have a, a Champions League uh, preview podcast as well coming out Friday evening, just be- the day before the Champions League. So uh, tune in for that there over on uh, over on Patreon. So sign up. We're going to have your boy Luke Thomas on. So that should be fun. We have a Real Madrid fan and a Liverpool fan. Dirty, so. dirty Real Madrid fan. That would be that would be uh, that would be fun. So let's kick off at today's chat with. UFC Liverpool, it's the big card coming up next week. And I saw a few people, a few of the American crew talking about this card not being the, the best card in the world and not really standing out to them. And looking through it here, I could see why, but I think, like, from our point of view and from maybe people in Ireland and the UK, there's a lot of good local talent. And there's some, you know, exciting fights with, with guys from, from outside. Even look at the likes of Jason Knight and Macron, Americani, you know, Americani's fighting in or is uh, training in Ireland. But Elias Teodoro against Trevor Smith as well. And even on the fight past prelims, is not a, you know, not a bad fight. Dan Kelly against Tom Breeze as well. Claudio yeah, that's, Ireland that's, that's a very interesting one. Tom Breeze is obviously mm-hmm. a big, big prospect, British prospect for years. A lot of people talking him up since he was, what, 2, 3 and 0. Oh. He's had a lot of injuries. He suffered the first loss of his career, but he's he's moved up to 185 now. So it'll be interesting to see what he looks like there. And we all know about Daniel Kelly. So uh, it's a it's a tough it's a tough first matchup for him at, at a middleweight, and it'll be interesting to see how he does. Yeah, like I think if you even compare this, obviously it's the first time they're going to Liverpool. If you compare it to the Chile card from last week, the first 
the claim value. But then, like, you've need, Neil Magny was supposed to fight. Um, who was he supposed to fight? Who pulled out there last Gunner, week? Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, see, like, are a couple of weeks ago, yeah, and he's fighting Craig White. But even the, the likes of Neil Magny, there's no one that could like, as I mentioned, Knight and Americani. There's no one that exciting on on the card last week that you really wanted to see. And you know, Theodoro, Dan Kelly, the people you know. And I think you know for that reason. For that reason alone, I think this card is better, and it's now this is about as good as a card you can expect to come to a place like this. You know, maybe they won't Especially get yeah, yeah maybe, maybe they won't get tail again if he wins. You know, it's maybe it's a little bit like the the Dublin card in that way. You know, that we got McGregor uh, topping it, and obviously we never get anything like that again. But even the second the second one that came was was supposed to be pretty good as well. But I think you know Ireland's uh, kind of a proven strong market uh, for MMA in, in in relative terms anyway, and I suppose Liverpool. Hasn't really proven that yet, although you know the Cage Warriors cards and stuff have have done well, and this has done well as well. But uh, yeah, overall, it it, it is. Uh, I think for a, for the first time, they can't be too disappointed with it, can they? No, I don't think so. I think um, the main event, like, is is better than when we when we were discussing this card. We were when we were discussing originally as a UFC Dublin card or UFC Liverpool card. We were we were saying maybe like Darren Till against. Gunnar Nelson or Darren Till against Wonderboy might be a bit too big of a fight to put on a card that's that's on at a strange time for the North American market and stuff. But in fairness, they uh, they went with a big fight. Wonderboy as well. Fair play to him taking this fight against Till. Like he kind of has nothing to gain really. It's a strange. We talked about it before. Wonderboy's in this strange position where he's kind of number one contender, but he's already fought the champion twice and he, he drew with him and, and lost to him. So it's, he's in this kind of limbo and. It, uh, it's 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 kind of doesn't even if Wonder Boy gets the win doesn't really benefit him in terms of getting back into the title shot at one seventy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, like it's an interesting fight, as you say. It's kind of a lose lose. Well, it's not a lose lose, but it's it's a big uh, it's a big risk for Wonder Boy Thompson. Like as you said, even if he wins, what, what's it gonna really do for him? You know, I think we were talking about middleweight's probably the the best place for him. But for for Darren Till, you know, it's there. There's it's a win-win, like because if he, you know he's kind of expected to lose. If he loses, he loses. But if he wins, he's he's propelled right into a uh, title contention, you know. But and it's I suppose it's unfortunate for him that there's a, an interim title uh, a title fight coming up. But you know, Cameroon's one who will get the letter on broke, but he sends it the weekend. So you know, there's a chance to to kind of get over him here if he if he will. You know, it's. I, I was thinking about it. You know, myself and uh, I don't know if we were talking about it on the podcast last week or myself and PT were talking about it anyway a while back. And we, I think we talked about it on podcasts a couple of times. Did like this was before we get into I suppose breaking down the made event and stuff. This card was kind of build as well, not build so much, but kind of thought as the next UFC. Uh, UFC Dublin, the way that kind of the card kind of build and all. We thought this was kind of the coming of age for. For Liverpool, and it, it really isn't that, is it? You know, it has. I suppose it has Molly McCann and has Darren Till, but you know, I, I see. I'm just looking here. Molly McCann is actually she was there was talks for being the first card on on the night or the first fight in the card, but she's actually the third fight, uh, the first fight on the the TV prelims. So you know, it's it's there's going to be like five hours between Molly McCann's fight and Darren Till. Like, what do you want to actually build from that? You know, it's I this card it, it can't be. The next UFC Dublin, can it? Just because there's so few from Liverpool there. Well, the UFC Dublin, I think, had five or five Irish guys and four of them making their debuts. I think and um, Gunnar Nelson as well. Yeah, and Gunnar Nelson. So it was kind of a different situation. But uh, there's a, there's a few there's a few uh, English guys on the card as well. Like uh, 
Darren Stewart and, and stuff like that. But I think, as you say, the scouters are really kind of, the Liverpool people are really behind their own guys. And it would have been really nice to have uh, either Fishy or especially Paddy Pimblett uh, on the card. But uh, we've talked about that already. But um, I think they missed a the trick there, really. Yeah, like, I've, I've been asking coming out on, on Sherlock uh, this week that uh, like, talks about... <laughs> that talks about how, how Paddy Pimlet is kind of he's a big miss from this card I think you know it's he would have been the one that really changed it you know Chris Fitchgold would be would have been good as well isn't he signed for the OC why, why is he not on the card or just are they maybe is he not, signed I don't know it was rumours going around but I don't know if I ever saw it confirmed was, and I don't think I did Graham, Graham Boylan kind of basically said it, you know, he said that they're going to need to get a new lightweight champion and stuff like that which was you know a bit odd if he's if he's actually not signed but you yeah. know it's <laughs> It, it this it, it, it you know as I mentioned the card is good but it felt like they missed out on something special by not getting Paddy Pimble by not getting Fish Gold and you know maybe maybe uh, one or two more and you know as you mentioned there is there is a lot of English people on it but uh, you know I was talking to the UK MMA show with, with Sean Betts a while back and he kind of mentioned how UK MMA is very much like kind of soccer that you you know you stick to your own and you know you're the people from your city are the ones you kind of get behind where maybe in in ireland it's a little bit behind norman parker you know in reese mckee when he's fighting or you know even the guys from down in cork or you know peter quilly's from waterford you know people get behind him as well or are the dublin crowd you know and i think in england might be you know a little bit different a little bit more discharge but like in Ireland like yeah. kind of it's such a uh, close-knit community uh, the Irish MMA community over here so that's probably a bit of it but as well but I'd say there'd be people traveling down like from from all over the UK for for their local guys and uh, hopefully Molly McCann being on early in the car will get people in early and people will be uh, uh, supporting supporting the other the other fighters on the card but obviously they won't be supporting with the same vigor as, as their their local people like I think I think, as you said, like the scousers and and even like you know Yorkshire people, they're they're kind of they they like they like their own guys and they they put their support behind them unconditionally and it's similar in a similar way to to the Irish guys. So yeah. it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see and get. And I think putting Molly on early is, is a good call just to get the atmosphere going early. But as you say, there's a big gap in there. But I think they're relying on on the the patriotism there uh, mm -hmm. to keep people interested. Yeah, I, I I suppose Molly McCann. We can we can talk about that fight first because this this card kind of has uh, it, it, the main event is kind of a, an elixir for the rest of the card uh, as if like you know that can go either very good or very bad and I think it's the same for for kind of the rest of the card. You're an awful lot of clicking there, Graham. What's what's going on? So I was opening up uh, topology on uh, UFC Liverpool there. Fuck's sake, an awful lot of noise going on behind there. But anyway, uh, like Molly McCann, Molly McCann, I think is a good fighter, but I think. You know, I think it might be a little bit early for her getting into the UFC. You know, she's very, very young in her career, and I think she's improving an awful lot. But, you know, I think the fact that this division is very new and the fact that, you know, she was kind of propelled into becoming the 125-pound champion in Cage Warriors and Liverpool coming kind of all led to this for her. But I, I just have a feeling might be a little bit uh, too early and I think Jenny Robertson isn't a bad fighter either you know I think with the crowd behind her and stuff it might see Molly McCann over the line but I don't you know if people are going in here thinking this is an easy you know win for Molly McCann I think they're they're mistaken now she could win it and I you know I I, I might pick her I, I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to pick her yet but I, I think it is a, is a tough one like if that goes 
if that goes badly for Manny McCann, I know the fans will will stick behind her and stuff, but it could, you know, could put a bit of a, a sour taste in it. You know, with you know, there's there's tough fights. Even Dan Kelly against Tom Brees, you know, I fancy Tom Brees to win that, but you know, if he loses that, another English guy losing. You know, Eric Spicely is a good fighter too against uh, Darren Stewart. You know, they, uh, they, a couple of the English guys have have tough fights. You know, it's interesting to see how this will actually go if they pick up a couple of losses. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think uh, looking at Gillian Anderson's record, you see four and two. But if you look at her amateur record, she was nine and one according to Topology. And uh, in her pro record, she's fought really tough people like uh, Cynthia Calvillo to a decision. Uh, that was also the UC. But we know how good uh, Calvillo is, especially at Jiu Jitsu. She lost to Barb Honchek on the Ultimate Fighter uh, as well, which isn't on her record. But Barb Honchek is obviously a, a very tough matchup as well. But uh, I think, I think Molly McCann. Like maybe you're saying it's a bit too early for her, but I think the division is so kind of in its infancy that um, it's probably about the right time for her to go there. There's nothing really left for her to do outside the UFC. Um, nobody comes to mind anyway as, oh, she needs to fight this person before she, she deserves to be in the UFC. And the timing and all of that uh, with Liverpool, I think it just, it was a, they had to get her on the card really. Yeah. And, you know, they, they really did, especially when they're, you know, they're missing out on the, um, and I'm missing out, yeah, on the baddie and, and him as well. Like, it's it, it it has put a little bit of a downer on it, but I suppose look what can you? Uh, before we get to the the main event, you know, you mentioned that Tom Breeze, Dan Kelly fight. That's a, that's a big, you know, a big fight for for Tom Breeze too. Coming off of uh, what, what does he know? He's about he's coming up close to two, yeah, but he's coming up to close to two years out. He hasn't fought since June fourth. So it's you know, if if he was waiting another week, it'd be two years since he last fought, and that was a a, a close decision loss to uh, to Sean Strickland. You know, it was only three fights ago he fought Paddy, um, Carl uh, Pinder. It seems like fucking you know, it seems like another lifetime ago. And, you know, he was one I know we've talked about and a lot of people in England as well have talked about as maybe being their next champion or someone who who's really you know, coming on and, and being a yeah. really good fighter out in England. But it seems he seems to have lost a little bit of, uh, you know, obviously with two years out, it's it's lost a little bit of its loss. But this is a huge fight for him, isn't it? And a tough matchup as well. Yeah, people have been talking about him as the first British-born UFC champion potentially for, for years. And uh, Steve, Steve Cook Abbott and Sean Betts, they've got two UK guys, have always been uh, big fans of his. Uh, I think they saw his first few fights and were very impressed by him. And it's just injuries have just held him back. He's just constantly been injured and... How much does that take care of you? How much can you improve in between fights when you're rehabbing injuries and stuff like that? So it sounds like he's been injury-free now for a while and he's ready to go and maybe not cutting all that weight. He's a big guy. Like, you know, he was bigger than Carl Pendred, who himself cut a lot of weight to get to 170. So I think maybe the 185 might be, if he doesn't have to worry about the weight cut, he can just work on improving his game and uh, the training camp rather than just worrying about getting down to 170. I think that would probably benefit him. Dan Kelly, like, he's a really tough guy. Um he's he's another guy who has a lot of injuries but he but he just fights through them he, he's strapped he has a, he usually has his ankles his knees he has everything strapped up like they should be every dan kelly fighter should be an over under on how many how many strappings he's going to have on um so you never know what shape he's going to be in but i think i think at, at his age if if tom breeds is what people have been has the ability that people have been saying he has i think he should win this one but dan kelly is, is as hard as nails as i keep saying he's got that old man strength and He's he's going to be a lot stronger, I think, than than people Tom Brees has fought in the past at, at one seventy. Yes, yeah, I'm looking looking forward to to that one. How, how do you see this uh, this Jason Knight Americani fight going? They're they're two similar enough sort of guys that they throw everything on the feet, and you know they're they're very good on the ground. Uh, Americani in the, and I suppose both lads in in their last uh, last fight 
they had a they had a kind of a bad result. Uh, that Amir Kenny Arnold Allen fight, I seem to remember, was you know over a year ago at this stage. It was it, it, it kind of didn't live up to what we were uh, what we were expecting in the fight itself. And uh, Jason Knight has lost two in a row as well. That Ricardo Lamas one, I suppose, was more devastating. He lost the decision to Gabriel Benitez as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd probably go with Amir Khani to, to to get on top and just do enough. But I'd say it's going to be one of these close decisions. Like Jason Knight, he hits hard as well. He has some good wins. Like he has a win over um, Daniel Hooker. I know that was at featherweight, and Hooker looked a lot better at lightweight. But that's a good win. And he has a win over Jim Ayler's, Alice Caceres, Chad Skelly. He lost to Ricardo Lamas and uh, Gabriel Benitez in his last two, but. He's uh, he's been fighting some decent competition and he's been doing all right. But I'd probably I'd probably go with Amir Khan to just be able to do enough with his wrestling and top control to to edge this out. But I expect it to be a close decision. That probably probably be uh, probably be twenty nine twenty eight either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it could be, but uh, I don't know. I, I kind of I think I see someone getting submitted in this one. I think they're both uh, they're both pretty good on the ground. And if it goes there, I think someone could get caught. And you know. Um, American, he's been doing a lot of training, you know, obviously all being over in SPG and all now, he's training with uh, a lot of the guys there, so and he's putting in Trojan work by the looks of it, so uh, yeah, that's an interesting fight, it'd be a big win as well for uh, for American because he kind of has the, the Tom Breeze thing about him as well, that he hasn't been a, around that much, I know it's a year since he fought, but it was a year since he fought before that uh, as well, and then another, what, yeah. eight or nine months before that, uh, so he's he's been really struggling to kind of get going after an unbelievable start. Yeah. To his, he, uh, he created he created a lot of good hype for himself, he was, he, like, people were into what he was saying and so but now he basically has stopped doing interviews nearly, nearly completely, mm-hmm. um, for some reason, maybe he's just trying to concentrate on getting back in the win column and and all that stuff, but in this game, like if you want people to get excited about you, and not forget about you. You gotta, you gotta put that kind of legwork in behind the scenes that he hasn't, that he hasn't seemed to be be doing. But I'm not sure what the reasons for that are. But and it, like obviously, if that's what he wants to do, and he thinks that's going to benefit his, his fight game, then he should do that. But uh, you want to make sure you win now, because if you're not saying anything and you're not saying anything in years, and you're not making headlines, and then you go ahead and lose a couple in a row, people will very quickly write you off. Yeah. What What about this? Uh, this Neil Magny Craig White fight. I know what well, we've seen Craig White yeah. a few times in uh, in Cage Warriors, but the tough ask, isn't it? Yeah, Gunnar Nelson. It was a, it's a good while now since Gunnar Nelson has gone out, and and Craig White is coming in here. Uh, what, how How do you think he fares against Neil Magny? It's obviously going to be very tough. Yeah, like he has some very good wins recently, like Hack on Foss and uh, Matt Inman. Like they're like Matt Inman's very, very, very good, very dangerous on the ground, um, but. On short notice, coming in against like he's not coming in against like a guy who's who's winning one, losing one, or losing two, winning one. This guy, Magni, seems to beat everybody outside of the, the the upper echelon, and I just don't think Craig White is there, especially especially on short notice coming in here uh, as a very late replacement. Neil Magni's been preparing for for this fight for for a couple of months now, and Craig White was probably he, I, by the sounds of things and in interviews he's done, he wasn't expecting to get the call at all. So he wasn't readying himself for the same things. So it'll be interesting to see how he does, but it's a very big ask, and you definitely have to go with Neil Magny in this one. I would, anyway. Yeah, I suppose, like you know, looking at uh, at Craig White's uh, record, you know, he's fourteen and fourteen and seven. He's won his last four in a row. Yeah, you know, he's he beat uh, he beat Man Inman two two fights ago. Who's a who's a pretty good fighter, but you know, it's. 
this is kind of a you know this is kind of a different uh, different level he's coming in against now. He, you know he lost Leon Edwards a while back as well. So you know you'd obviously have to fancy um you'd have to fancy yeah. uh, Neil Magny. But when you look at him, like he's fourteen wins have all come inside the distance. You know nine submissions, five TKOs. So they're you know there definitely is hope there when someone's coming off of as I mentioned four four wins in a row as well. You know it's it's uh you know there, there's definitely hope there but you'd obviously have to to favor Neil Magny. you know he's one of the best uh one of the best welterweights in the world so yeah his last, um, last loss was over two years ago so as you say like you know a lot can change in two years maybe he's a lot better than he than he than he was but the short notice thing and just all of it together and how experienced Magny is and it's for it's Craig White's first first time at this uh at, uh the UFC is obviously a bigger stage than he's fought on before so it, it's there's a lot there's a lot it's a big ask but uh it would be a really really good way to announce yourself if you could get the win and i suppose magni maybe is preparing for a completely different kind of fighter and there's a possibility maybe he might take it a bit more lightly than he would have if he if he fights gunner and he could get into trouble if that happens but i don't really see magni as that kind of guy he's like a former military he's i think he's a hard-working guy who who who's got a good mindset for the game so i, I don't i don't see him taking this lightly and i i, I see magni just having too much yeah, and the main event then I suppose you know we we've talked about it before, but I suppose coming up to coming up to the event now it's it's interesting to talk about again. You know if if you look at if you look at Darren Till and I'll be doing the the uh, the rewatch this week and his fight with with uh, Cowboy Cerrone. You know it's anytime you're going into a fight with Wonderboy Thompson. Uh, it's you know it's difficult to look back at any of your old fights and see what you can do against him because he is such an unusual matchup. You know unless you fought someone like MVP. Till is a, a stock you come in, land big hands, send him up, uh, you know, lot hard leg kicks, hard body kicks, you know, a, a Muay Thai style, very much a, a, you know, kind of a Brazilian style. I know he trained over there for a while, you know, like a, maybe not, not so much Jose Aldo, but you know, that, that sort of stance and more, obviously more attacking, he, he hits, uh, hits a lot harder, you know, he, what's, what's he call himself, the, the vanilla gorilla or something like that or is that someone else but he's, he's something like that anyway and you know that that's a sort of fighter he is you know he's tough big strong for the weight and he, he will try to uh to walk you down against wonder by thompson you know obviously someone who has a, a win over the the middleweight champion he, he, you know and, and i know whitaker's not the biggest middleweight in the world or anything but he is used to fighting guys who are you know big welterweights who who, who could fight at middleweight um you know, you know what type of fighter he is. He's a karate fighter, very hard to hit, very sneaky with shots. Throws, as Joe Rogan says, throws throws kicks like uh, <laughs> throws kicks like punches, and uh, just can hit you from anywhere. Really, is he's just one of the you know one of the best fighters in the world. His takedown defense has become unbelievably good. It's very hard to put him up against defense. You know, and fighters like him, you know, we. we we see it with Anthony Pettis all the time, you know, these kind of dynamic uh, kickers and, and strikers that like Pettis used to be, I suppose, you know, lots of the times it's easy to push them up against the fence or catch their kicks and take them down and stuff. But Rwanda by has found a way where he can fight without getting taken down or without getting pushed up against the fence. And it seems to have, you know, made him one of the best fighters in the world, you know, when I suppose when he's not fighting Tyron Woodley in, in kind of a stalemate of a fight. But against Darren Till, it's unlikely to be a stalemate, isn't it? You know, Darren Till's probably going to push him. Wonderboy's probably going to try to counter him. And, you know, it's the makings of a good fight. Yeah, I think Darren Till's going to, if he's going to win, he's going to he's gonna be thinking he's going to win with strikes or by, while striking over decision, maybe, or, or by knocking Wonderboy out. So I don't think he's it's going to be a Tyron Woodley situation. I think maybe people 
forget how uh, fascinating and brilliant Wonderboy is to watch uh, and how different he is to, to 99% of other fighters. Because of the two Woodley fights back to back, people kind of remember them. And they were kind of, one was like a chess match the first time, and then the second one was just kind of nothing really happened. <laughs> um, it was even a slower chess match. And um, that's usually not how Wonderboy fights go. If you look back at like the Johnny Hendricks, the, what he did to Rory McDonald, I think people have forgotten about it. Like with Rory McDonald, like everybody knows how good Rory McDonald is. People, even though he's not in the UFC now, still talking about him as top three welterweights in the world. Um, and Wonderboy just, just went through him. Uh, made him made it made it look easy like that's that's not easy to do against a guy as high level as Roy McDonald as high level everywhere in, in all aspects of MMA as Roy McDonald and as tough as Roy McDonald as well um so yeah I think I think um I think this is just too much for for Darren Taylor on the feet uh one of us gonna have too much from on the feet he's gonna he's gonna throw some strange angles he's gonna throw stuff that uh, Darren Taylor hasn't seen before like Darren Taylor's a Muay Thai guy and over the years the last few years with like McGregor and Aldo and even other uh, Holloway and, and Aldo that this kind of straight Muay Thai is kind of getting people have figured out a way around it and um I I, I think like the crowd may help uh Darren Hill a bit but I think I think probably what's going to happen is it'll be it'll be um it'll maybe a little bit of a feeling out period in the, the first couple of minutes and then I think uh Thompson's going to take over and probably I probably think it's a five-round fight. I probably think uh, it'll be a finish at some stage, maybe late in the fight from from one point. One boy is very dangerous in the first round as well, though, so it could be a, it could be a first-round finish as well. But I think I think Till will will be able to to hold his own for a little while before uh, one boy figures out figures him out. I think he's just so high level of striking. Uh, Stephen Wonderboy is that uh, he's he's going to have too much. He has too many. He's too many um, options. He, he just. He, he, He's just a different. He's a different level of striker to to pretty much everybody else in the UFC, bar maybe McGregor. Yeah, look, I really think this 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 fight comes down to accuracy, and I think it's it's the accuracy of Darren Till. Now he's an unbelievably accurate fighter, and I think that's his biggest strength that he can hit hard and be accurate at the same time. But what Stephen Wonderboy Wonderboy Thompson does better than anyone else is make you miss. And, you know, we talk about Darren Till being so big, you know, he, he's basically middleweight and he's cutting a lot of weight. You know, I, who was I listening to? I was listening to some boxer talking there last week and they, they said it, it was Anthony Joshua's actually that that um that Anthony Joshua Vladimir Klitschko documentary that was on the BBC, which uh, which uh, and everyone to watch was pretty good. But he's he was talking about how shots that you throw that you miss actually wear you out more than getting hit or hitting yourself you know it's, it's the ones you whiff at that hit nothing and you you know make that makes your whole body go like with darren till cutting so much weight and being so big and if wonderboy thompson keeps making a miss and we know how darren till goes for it you know he throws power shots from the very start and goes for it if he can do that as you said maybe if there's a little bit of a feeling out process from wonderboy until his throwing those big shots you know you could get around and a half in until could have could have gotten very tired and he could be you know a a, a bit of a static target for Wonder by Thompson, and if that happens, you know it, that fight's probably ending in, in the next round or two. But that's kind of how I see it going, I suppose. But the big, the big talking point here is whether Till can land, and if he, you know, if he doesn't make him, if Wonder by doesn't make him whiff on those shots, and if he can land those shots, you know, he has the power to take Wonder by out. You know, we've seen him knocked down and hurt by uh, by Tyron Woodley. If you can land those shots, one or Till can knock anyone in that division out. So I suppose that's it's it's a pretty simple fight in that way. You know, if Till can hit him, 
it's a different fight if you can hit him wonder why he's probably going to win because it's it's tough not to get uh not to get tired as well you know one thing as well we always talk about when guys are moving on to these big i think it's the second five round fight but it's a real first five round fight against someone who's top level i wouldn't class donald Cerrone as a top level welterweight like can you adjust your game to fight differently? Now, he didn't adjust his game against Donald Cerrone. He went for it. He fights the way he always is. Absolutely went for it from the very start. If that doesn't work against Wanderby, can you adjust your game? Can you be a little bit more refined? Can you not throw those big shots and miss a lot? You know, coming in against Wanderby, if you're too cocky, that's probably not going to go very well. Now, it might. He might knock him out in the first two minutes, but what if he doesn't? You know, what's going to happen in rounds two, three, and four, and five? You know, if you get tired, if you've throwing all you have to throw and you've nothing left can he adjust and fight better in that way over five rounds that's another big thing coming into this way but it yeah it's it's an interesting one isn't it yeah it is the five round thing is, is definitely a new experience plus on top of that it's the biggest spot of his career it's in front of his hometown he's going to be doing more media than ever on a fight week um there could be a potential bit of adrenaline dump at some stage or just kind of more mentally tired than he would be for other fights and Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy is well used to going five rounds. He doesn't really expend that much energy unnecessarily. He's very, he's very clinical in what he does. Um, but you know, when you, when you, when you're, when you're a good, really good striker like Darren Till, and you have knockout power like Darren Till does, you, you can like it. It does only take one shot to to you clip somebody with a shot, and you can pounce on them, or you can you can hit them with one shot and, and finish them. But yeah, I do, I just think it's it's too soon for him. I just think it's even even. Even if it was in the future, I think it's just a bad style matchup for for Darren Till. So I'd be extremely impressed if he could if he could go in there and beat beat even one by Thompson. But I think I, I don't think it's anything against Darren Till. I think we've been talking up Darren Till for a good while. I picked him against Veroni. You picked him against Veroni. Um, but I just think the style matchup is just is just favors Wonderboy here, and I think the experience factor and just just a lot of a lot of factors uh, indicate that that it's just going to be too much of an ask for Darren Till, but. Uh, I, I go wonder boy, but uh, when you're when you when you're a really good striker, anything can happen. Yeah, it's interesting as well. I suppose the level of emotions that are going to be in this fight. You know, if, if, if the city could be on a high, you know, if Manny McCann wins, if Liverpool win the day before, if a few more English guys get on it, you know, this this seems to me like a car that could build and build and build and become. You know something unbelievable that Till goes in there, and you know he just has a different mindset, and everyone is behind him. And you know, wonder by uh, no, it's going that'd be tough. Like if there's, you know, whatever fifteen thousand mad scousers fucking roaring at you, pissed out of their heads for the last two days, <laughs> and you know Darren Till comes at you trying bungalows. You know that that could be uh, that could be pretty tough. But I know you're you know obviously you're a Liverpool supporter and everything. What what how big of a week is this for Liverpool? You know with the with the soccer match with Manny McCann with Darren Till with our first UFC event. It's just massive, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's it's huge. I think it's um, we were talking about it kind of jokingly in the past that like I was going to say now, well like the cha- Liverpool are going to be in the Champions League final final the day before, and it was kind of more hopeful than anything. But now that it's happened, I think uh, I think there's going to be uh, as long as as long as Liverpool don't get hammered in the final, even if it's a close final, Liverpool lose. I don't think people are like gonna not turn up to UFC. If people get if Liverpool get hammered, maybe like lose like three or four nil or something like that, maybe it'll it'll sour the atmosphere a bit for the UFC uh, Liverpool. But I don't really, I, I I don't see that happening really. So I I think it's gonna be it's gonna be the crowd's gonna be ravenous for 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 Molly and for for I know Darren Hill isn't really. Isn't, hasn't really fought in England and in Liverpool. Uh, he's been away in Brazil. He's been fighting in America. He's been 
not really on the local scene the way the way Paddy Pimblet and Fishgold and Molly McCann have been. But as we talked about earlier, the the kind of Liverpool fans or the Scousers are kind of a bit like Irish people where they just get behind their guys kind of no matter what and support them till the bitter end. So uh, yeah, I, I see a, a big support for the for the Liverpool people regardless of what happens in 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 uh, the the football final or the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. Unless maybe as I said, it might sour a little bit if if Liverpool were to get hammered. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I, I, I won't be seeing it live, so it's going to be hard for me to to watch a build. But I suppose, uh, I suppose you'll be able to talk about that next week, anyway, and I, I'll have them all uh, watch. Well, before before we move on, what's your uh, what's your prediction for the for the soccer? Who do you think Liverpool will win? How do you think score will be? It's really, I don't really know. I don't. It's hard to know. Um, I think whoever scores, I think whoever scores first is going to win. I know that's kind of a football cliche, but I think in this stage, like if if Rounded have to attack Liverpool and have to play a high line, then I think Liverpool can expose that. But I think if if Real Madrid go ahead, they've they've got some players who can really shut down a game and hit us on the hit Liverpool on the counter attack. So I think that the first goal is all important, and I think there will be a few there'll be a few goals in the in the in the game. But I think um, I'm actually quite confident Liverpool are going to win. To be honest, um, yeah. Real Madrid haven't looked great in the league. I know Liverpool kind of haven't either, and I think Real Madrid probably it's a similar thing where they kind of. Once you know you can't win the league, you kind of take your foot off the gas a bit and concentrate on other tournaments mm-hmm. um, where you where you, you can win. Um, just make sure you qualify for the Champions League, which which Liverpool and Real Madrid have done. So it's kind of similar enough in the situation in the leagues for the, for both teams. And I think Liverpool have looked better in the Champions League. I think Real Madrid have been a bit lucky in in a couple of games, but you kind of make your own luck. And Real Madrid are very experienced uh, at, at these games. Like it's, it's uh, for Liverpool, for these Liverpool players, for all of them, it's their first Champions League final. So um, for these Real Madrid players, it's it's some of their third, fourth, fifth uh, Champions League finals. Even more, Ronaldo. I don't know how many Champions League finals Ronaldo's played in. So five, five maybe. Yeah, good feeling. He's won three Real Madrid, and he won one at Man United, and he played in one final at United. Yeah, probably five, yeah. five or six, maybe. Yeah. So. yeah. So that, that, that experience probably will will tell. So I'm kind of I keep going back and forth in my head. It's it's a really tough one because you're emotionally invested. I'm emotionally invested. In it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have a full preview on it as I said on, on Friday. So looking forward to that. I, I have a feeling it's going to be like Liverpool are going to score like a goal or two first, and then they're going to naturally sit back as you do, and then Real Madrid are going to kind of going to pick them off. I think maybe score. I was talking about it with JJ on the podcast as well that we did in Patreon. I think. This could be like a four-two Real Madrid or something, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Liverpool win. You know, the thing about Liverpool though is, and and we move on now. It's that Roma game just kind of showed that the defensive problems haven't been sorted out. You know, obviously Van Dijk is coming in and he has helped an awful lot, but it's kind of papering over other cracks, and he can't do it all by himself, especially when you're coming up against you know maybe Asensio, Bale, Benzema, Ronaldo, you know, Cruz, Isco, all of the, those guys at different times could be coming at you, and I think it's, that's going to be tough, and I think they're probably going to concede a, a few goals, but you know, usually in Champions League finals, even if these teams have been playing unbelievable attacking football all the time, it usually kind of turns into a 1-0, maybe 2-1, maybe penalties start the game, but with these two teams, I just... I, especially Liverpool, I just can't see that happening. You know, I don't, I don't think Klopp is that sort of manager. I think he'll he'll go out and try to win it, and he could, he probably he, he could he he might not, but uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be a good exciting game anyway. Man. Sure, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Best look, Graham. Uh, I I actually don't mind if you win or lose. To be honest, yeah, I, right, uh, sure. no, I don't. I actually don't. If it was the league, I would be dying hoping you don't win. But uh, it was, it was before, they, they failed to qualify for the big one next year, the the Community Shield. Intertoto copy. Yeah. <laughs> the community shield is gone. The dream is over. 
I'm sure these these provincial these provincial cups have us wrong and I'm sure who cares about it. Field. All right, uh, let's <laughs> let, let's uh, let's move on to the Bellator 200 card coming up this week. And not this is a huge weekend for sport in in England and, and MMA, especially in England. This is at the SSE Arena in uh, in Wembley in London. Mm. And just as we were coming on, maybe about five yeah, minutes before we up. started, uh, Gareth A. Davis and. You know, he's he's pretty stuck in there with, with Bellator at the moment. So if he's reporting it, it's probably true. You know, he seems to be at all the, the Bellator events and, and stuck in with him all, all the time at the moment. So it's probably true that Miracle Krokop is out of his fight with Ryan Nelson, which was due to headline, uh, which was due to headline this card. So that's that's a big blow for it, isn't it? You know, Krokop is probably the biggest name on this card. We're all yeah. looking forward to that. But they do have a couple of undercard mm. or not undercard but other main card fights like you know the the middleweight title fight between Musasi and Carvalho and then they have like Michael Bannon Page fighting okay he's a he's a lightweight David Rickles but at least he's a he's a good guy he's, he's 19 and 4 he's fought in top level competition and he's probably the best the best well most well-rounded guy that Michael Bannon Page is ever going to fight but he is he is a lot smaller than Michael Bannon Page then you obviously have Phil Davis and Linton Vassell which is another good fight, fight you yeah. have you have Aaron uh, Chalmers, who's who's a, who's a known quantity as well, so it's it's not as if losing Krokop is ruined, going to ruin the whole card. But obviously, you don't want to lose your 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 main event. And the yeah, legend, I... Mirko as well is obviously well known in um, MMA circles. Mm-hmm. What do you think they put in as the main event? You know, logically, you probably think oh, it'd be a middleweight title fight, but you know, it's I don't know. I, I, it's a tough one. It could be MVP against David Rickles. <sighs> I think Musasi, Musasi and the belts together will probably as if they can't get a replacement for Roy Nelson, but they might be able to get a replacement for Roy Nelson. Heavyweight, you know, it's you don't have to cut a lot of guys don't have to cut weight, or if they do have to cut weight, it's not that much. So mm-hmm. it's possible you could replace them if if maybe if they've known about this for a couple of days before previous and they're leaking this now just to kind of let people know and they they might have something in the in the pipeline they're trying to get going, but it is a bit late in the day if they if if Krokop is just had to pull it out. If he's just gotten injured today, then it might be a bit too late. Yeah, is there anyone around? Maybe I don't know. Maybe the likes of Liam McGeary is around England or something sure, like anywhere, that. Or anywhere, anywhere, anyone, anyone between middleweight and and it, and like the, the the whole tournament is kind of half full of middleweights and lightweights and, and heavyweights. So there's a lot of options there, I suppose. And you could also move somebody like Linton Vassell or Phil Davis. Like I'm sure he'd if you wanted to take that fight apart. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure it could. Yeah, they, that, that's something I could see happening. But yeah, I suppose we'll uh, we'll know more as we go on. What about this uh, Rafael Carvalho, uh, Gegard Musasi fight? I was watching a few Carvalho fights this morning before. Um, what you said there? It's an interesting one. Like yeah. it's, it's like um, maybe a lot of people haven't heard of him, but he, he has wins over Sakara and Manhoff in his last couple, and uh, I think he beat Manhoff twice in a row. It was a controversial decision, but wasn't yeah. that controversial? Um, Joe Schilling, um, Brandon Halsey. He's got some good wins. Fifteen and one. Like he lost his first ever uh, fight back in twenty eleven by submission. So you can kind of just write that off. That's mm-hmm. what seven years ago now, nearly. Like so, you can, you, this guy's this guy. Okay, it's a big step up against Gegard Musasi, and Gegard Musasi is very skilled, but he he's kind of inconsistent. He can do a bit of nothing. He can do a lot of nothing a lot of the time as well. I, I see Musasi having too much experience. I think he can mix in. Mix mix it up and mix in takedowns if he needs to if it's not going too well on the feet. But uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting fight. It's 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 like like I'd have to go with Gegard Musasi just due to his all round ability and 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 um, experience. But uh, I wouldn't be that surprised if if Carvalho was able to was able to pull out the win with it with a 
ground and pound maybe or or something like that yeah it's it's an interesting one like as you mentioned musasi is obviously the the most well-rounded fighter he's ever fought but i i think um i think carvalho is a very well-rounded guy you know he's watching these fights this morning you no know, he's a lot of power very dynamic striker fast you know and, and you're looking back at musasi's record you know I, I like to do that when I'm, I'm thinking maybe how these fights will go but it's tough with Musasi, someone who's over 50 fights because he's fought lads like him you know you could you could say uriah hall is a little bit like him in in the dynamic striking sense and you know he's beat him once last time once you know vitor belfort is a bit like him as well you know he he beat him leona machida dynamic striker as well he lost to him you know <laughs> costa Filippo maybe even uh he beat him you know there's, it's it's difficult to know you know but, very you, top level guys that okay, gave says he can't beat yeah regularly uh, yeah, I don't know. He's like, you know, he's beaten Dan Henderson, beat Vitor, beat Chris Weidman. You know, he's he has you know, he lost to to, to Jacare and Leota and, and you know, uh, King Mo a few years ago. And yeah, he, you know, he beats top level guys as well. You know, he beat, he beat Jacare as well. Let's not forget that. You know, he beat fucking Mark Hunt back in the day as well. You know, but it's 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 yeah, it's tough as well. You know, wrong with the Dean Amin as well, Keith Jardine. Yeah, legend. It's tough as well when you do have. How many over 50 51 fights this is 52nd fight you know and, and when you are 32 years of age you know that he's a he's an older 32 than than a, you know maybe a richard kyle or something we'll, we'll talk about in a, in, a, in a few minutes that you know he's he's been fighting since back in 2003 you know he's, he's fighting since he was what 17 years of age so there's a lot of wear and tear in that body and you know can't keep going always if you're going in against someone like carvalho who's as i mentioned who's so dynamic such a hard striker it mightn't be the best time in in the in the world for him but i i think musasi will win as well but i wouldn't be at all shocked and i think some people might be shocked because they mightn't have seen as much of carvalho and obviously you know i haven't seen that much of him I, i've seen these other fights but when you know when they're fighting a bellator and we can't watch it on tv it's it's kind of shitty but uh yeah i think that's um you know, I think that's that, that's uh, it's gonna be good. What actually? What about this actually being on TV? You know, it, it the the main card. I, I've actually asked Bellator what's gonna be on and stuff, and they haven't applied to me yet. But it looks like the whole main card is gonna be on uh, Five Spike, which you can get on the other channels. I'm sure you'll you'll tweet out how you'll tune into your channel and stuff. But that's it's pretty good that at least the main card is gonna be on TV anyway. Yeah, I think uh, if I remember right. UPC or UPC has changed to Virgin Media now, but I think a lot of people in, in Ireland have Virgin Media and they, they're not able to tune in yeah. other channels like yeah, the Iron Sky. Mm -hmm. So that's still a problem, but like I have Sky, so I'm delighted, but you can't record it as well on other channels. And there's a few, like it's, it's not ideal, but it's better. So yeah, it's, 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 it's something. something. Yeah. <laughs> it is a start. Yeah. It's like they, they really haven't solved the Ireland problem. I don't think they understand the Ireland problem. I just think they think Ireland and the UK is the same thing. And, you know they don't really care to be honest because you know as i mentioned it's an american Tiny tv market. show you know it's an american tv show this just because this card is on in england they're going to put on five spike it's still doing nothing for ireland i i think as well if you have um sky q you can't get it but if someone could you could uh i could be making a mistake there now someone can correct me on that if i'm wrong they give me a tweet but i think you can't and you know it's <sighs> look we, we've complained about bellator so much what are we yeah. going to complain about <laughs> At least it's a start anyway. They can show they can do it. But they've done this before as well, I suppose. They have had a couple of fights live and with an hour delay and things like that. And it's never really changed the whole thing. So, and I know people tweet, oh, here's a link where you can watch it online. That's not the point. You know, we want to be able to record these fights. We want to be able to, people to be able to click on their, their TV and watch them. You know, like the normal people are not going to 
not going to fucking click a link and watch this and go looking for a link to to watch a, a stream of a stream of a fight. That that's now how Bellator are going to grow. You know, it's for themselves more than anything because the hardcore are still going to watch. You know, we're still going to be able to see the fights. We're not going to be able to go back and analyze them as much as we'd like to and as much as we will with you know the UFC, the UFC fights coming up next week. It's just. So then we talk about Bellator, I'd love to talk about all the positives of Bellator, and we do talk about the positives of Bellator, but, you know, probably fucking 25% of what we talk about Bellator is negative because of, because of this, because of them not having a TV deal, and because of this dragging on and on and on, and we have to talk about it because it's such a big issue, and I suppose, look, it's good that they're going to be live this weekend, but... Yeah, speaking yeah. of TV deals, the UFC on BBC, UFC Liverpool on BBC. That's yeah, it's going to be, uh, well, not on, B on TV, it's on radio only, but yeah, that's... Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, it's right, just right. radio, yeah. That's weird on the radio. Hashtag fake news. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's good to be on the radio. You know, it's you know, it's it's a start. I think I think MMA on the radio could actually be good. I I saw the three lads. I think that they have the Brad Pickett is one of them. And there's two other lads which who I don't know. I'm not sure how much they. Or I think like. I'm amazed RTE never sent people over to, to do the McGregor fight. You know, there's there's lots of people, you know, Hugh Cahill often get often gets me on to talk about MMA and stuff on uh, on two FM and he's he's a huge uh, one of the big big commentators now, you know, he does a lot of the rugby and stuff. I think he'd be great at it, you know. I'm sure lads like Carl Binger, even you know, give me a ring, I'll do it with you, lads. I'm amazed that everyone's too expensive. I would do it. But amazing they never did the McGregor fights. Like it's it seems like something that the UFC wouldn't mind them doing. You know, I don't think they'd have to pay too expensive rights or anything like that. I think it'd do pretty well for them, you know. A lot of people don't have BT sport and stuff. And I think it's the same you know, over in England. Radio I think maybe if you're listening from America and you know, kind of satellite radio and podcasts have taken over, and podcasts have taken over here as well, 100%. But I think radio in Ireland and England are still pretty big, you know, in England, especially a lot of people I talk to, you know, still radio people listen to radio, and you know, if they're, they're flicking on on a Sunday driving back, you know, from being out for the weekend or something, they hear a UFC fight on, you know, they could listen to it or something. So I think, yeah. I think it is uh, pretty big. You know, I've listened to like uh, football matches on like News Talk and, and too, yeah. 606 and stuff when I've been in the car and haven't been able to, to pull up 4G for whatever reason or or there isn't a there isn't a stream of the game or whatever. So like it, yeah, I can, I can, it's definitely better than nothing. If it goes well, maybe the BBC will show a bit more interest in um, in putting the UFC on 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 one of their TV channels. Mm -hmm. That that'd be that'd be interesting. Even if it was BBC Three or BBC Four, one of them. Yeah, 100%. But uh, let's finish off with this Bellator card anyway. You know, you mentioned MVP against David Rickles. This is definitely the toughest fight of MVP's career. You know, David Rickles, 19, 19 and 4. Um, and lightweight, though, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but still, you know, he's fought the likes of MVP, Patricio Ferreira, or not MVP, sorry, Michael Chandler. I know he's lost him, but he beat Syed Awad, who's a, who's a, you know, a pretty good fighter. And he, he's another, you know, a few other uh, good wins as well, beat Davi Ramos. You know who? Uh, who I believe we saw was it last week in the UFC getting a win. Yeah, it was against uh, Nick Hine. So you know he's a win over him. So that he, you know, he's no joke. Um, this is, uh, you know, as I mentioned, definitely the tough, toughest fight of his career. I'd probably still expect him to win, but it's good that, to see that they're finally moving on a little bit with MVP, isn't it? Yeah, the hype has kind of died though already. Just it's been too long. Like it used to be big excitement. People be posting gifts and fight videos of of Michael Van Page before his fights and. That's all seemed to have gone away. People are kind of just like, okay, come back to me when you're gonna fight somebody proper, like somebody who's got a good record and it's the same size as you. And 
I think this is the closest thing to a, to a good matchup he's had, but the, the people are kind of like cynical now about the whole thing. People are, are pointing out the lightweight thing when maybe they wouldn't have if, uh, if, if, they, if he had been matched up um, with, not, with like less favorable matchups in the past. But I suppose the Cyborg, the Cyborg fight that he had was his hardest matchup and on paper probably at least and the most experienced guy and a guy who's fought people like Nick Diaz. So he, he ended up uh, cracking his skull with a knee. So like he, maybe, maybe it suits Michael Van Page to fight people who are, who are going to try and play, play their own game against him and not just defend against him and kind of, it kind of gives him it, it, they're going to expose themselves and he and he loves kind of counter counter striking is his main thing he has his hands down trying to get you to throw at him and trying to counter you so i love watching michael venom page fight and I'm, I'm glad he's fighting somebody uh, who's was well-rounded and has experience and is, is, is a good fighter like david rickles mm-hmm. um i expect him to win here he's gonna have a long he's gonna have a big reach advantage i say he's gonna be very long and he's gonna win here and hopefully they they won't knock him back down to, to easier matchups and hopefully the next one will be will be um like a top matchup i'd look like i'd love to see him in there against warren mcdonald like he's, he's, he's what is he now like michael van page 31 32 like he's not young he's not young anymore so get him in there against somebody like that like he could he could replicate maybe or try to replicate the the wonder boy uh, performance against warren mcdonald i'd like to see it yeah, me too. But they have to move him on. You know, shit will go off the pot at this stage of MVP. But yeah, hopefully. And what about your boy uh, Aaron Chalmers? I suppose he's getting the toughest matchup of his career as well against Ash Griffith. So I know, you know, has doesn't have the best record in the world, you know, but it's better than fucking Owen 52 and white collar boxing or whatever the other lads he, he was fighting, <laughs> fighting around. But uh, yeah, this, you know, I, we've talked about Aaron Chalmers to date, I suppose. You know, I have no problem seeing him going in here fighting, uh, fighting guys you know it's obviously to sell tickets to you know so people who watch on tv and stuff and you know i, I this is a little bit of a step up isn't it yeah but actually griffins has one win since what 2015 since april 2015 um still, and that was against still a guy a step up. Who, who was, guy was one and three mm-hmm. uh he's lost four since then um against guys who were four and three oh and oh four and one and four and one and he's been mm-hmm. finished by all of them uh inside two rounds so uh, I expect Aaron Chalmers. I expect Aaron Chalmers to win. It is a slight step up, but that that'll tell you how bad his opponents have been previously. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, looking forward to this card. Charlie Ward's on the card as well, which I suppose we much mentioned against uh, Lewis King, coming back off of the the controversial win, I suppose against John Redmond at uh, at yeah. Bellator Dublin when McGregor jumped the cage. A good fight on the prelims that people aren't talking about is Pedro Carvalho and Daniel Crawford. That should yeah. be a really good fight. Saul Rogers is fighting as well for Bellator in this card, you know, and just there's, there's not a bad, uh, you know, Anastasia Yankova is fighting Kate Jackson as well, which shouldn't be a shouldn't be a bad card as well, you know. We we know uh, Anastasia; she's kind of one of yeah. the ones Bellator are pushing an awful lot. Mike, for, uh, Mike Chipman yeah. as well. It's fighting Carl Noon on the prelims as well. So, mm-hmm. like for for a Bellator prelim card, usually Bellator prelims are, are obviously diabolical. Uh, yeah. uh, just local fighters who nobody cares about with terrible records who are cheap. But this time, mm-hmm. this time they've gone for some good guys. So fair play to them. Like it is their two hundred show. They're making a bit of an extra effort, and and it makes you it makes me much more interested in the card when I don't just I'm not just looking forward to like you know the top two fights or whatever. There's people like as you said, Charlie Ward on the undercard, and as I mentioned, um, or uh, I didn't even mention Walter Kazadza, um, yeah, as well on the card. So there's a few guys exciting. there. Yeah, so fair play to them for for making a bit of an effort for the big show, and obviously people like Aaron Chalmers 
bring extra attention in media wise as he's like a kind of mini celebrity from from Geordie Shore or proper celebrity whatever you want to say. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a blow to lose Brocock from the card if they can't replace him with somebody good. But you you could move Phil Davis and sell into that fight and nobody's going to be like, oh, well, there's no point watching the rest of the card now because there is other good fights there. All right, let's move on. What about, I suppose we get to last week, before we get to, to UFC Chile, which I, I think I forgot about, almost everyone forgot about. What about Peter Quigley getting the, the big win? You know, the showstopper finally finally stopping the show, as a lot of people said, and he's kind of laughed it off and made, it, made a bit of a joke of it. But what a finish, you know, going into, uh, going into enemy territory against a guy who was, Something like 24, 24 and four, something like that. Be a great record, anyway. And three before, or twenty-seven yeah. and three, maybe. So even three losses and twenty-something wins. Yeah. So uh, you know, great record. You know, we were last week we were talking about it. It's you know maybe it didn't the wisest decision in the world to be taking these these fights, but you know it's it, it was either going to be a big loss or a, a huge win, and it is a, a huge win for Peter Quigley. And this is you know this is the win he's kind of been looking for in his career, isn't it? You know, a yeah. lovely right hand was was dominating the fight before that had landed a few and unbelievable finish, wasn't it? He had dropped him before that with a uh, with a similar co- combination, uh, dropped him hard early on, and your man your man did well to recover, and maybe people were saying it was a little bit of an early stoppage, yeah. and maybe. Maybe like you could you could argue that, but I, I don't think so. Uh, I think it was it, he he was dropped really hard and was eating punches. Okay, people have pointed to other fights, being like, "Oh, what about this fight? This guy." Did, but it's yeah, it it was it was it was all one way traffic that, that that round and um and Queely was his hands were looking were looking brilliant, better than ever. Um, I think it was a good stop. It's maybe another punch or two, but at that stage, it I think it's nitpicking. I think it was that the timing of it was odd. I think maybe a punch earlier and it would have been okay because Queely kind or, of stopped. Yeah. yeah, or a punch later. You know, if Queely had started again and maybe hit two or three, you would have seen yeah. that he was really out. But I think yeah, it was, the, was the, way, the, the way that made people think, think that was the way the way the ref kind of touched Queely and then Queely yeah. kind of wasn't sure if he was to celebrate or not and kind of was like, oh, well, a punch. And then it was kind of a, a little one second delay that just kind of looked strange. Mm-hmm. But I, like, as I always say, like if the ref touches you, you should reel away and celebrate as quick yeah. as possible. But yeah. the ref might change his mind, and I've, we've seen that happen many times where the ref touches fighters and changes his mind. If he touches you and you're crowning and pounding the guy, you just get up and celebrate. Yeah, 100%. I, I think it's big as well for Queenie because, I, like, I always thought of him, and I've said in this podcast before, you know, that maybe he's more of a Pindred type of fighter than a McGregor fighter, and he's changed up his ways to fight a more striking oriented game. Whereas I thought maybe him, you know, pushing guys up against the fence, taking them down. And I, you know, he still adds in those sort of things, but he's become a very much, um, a striking oriented fighter. And I thought maybe that wouldn't be the best way for him, but you know, it seems to be coming together. I know he's, you know, maybe he hasn't gotten results he wanted in these last four or five fights, but there's definitely been improvements there. You know, we've talked about him on the podcast before and, you know, this kind of, this shows that, you know, beating guy, a guy like that, uh, with a first round knockout, you know, is his power improving? His accuracy? see improving you know and if it does if he can get a few more stoppages you know uh, i think he's he's a very good athlete he's very good cardio he's fast it was the power that was always the thing that was lacking you know and if he can get a few finishes get a few more you know peter quigley could be could be a force you know around europe and and, and beyond uh possibly so yeah very yeah. good win for he show, he's shown yeah as you said he's shown he's he's been able he's able to strike he's shown he's able to wrestle he's shown he's good cardio he's shown in the the decky dalton fight and cage legacy that he's got really good heart he can come through adversity mm-hmm. so yeah i think like we mentioned before he's very unlucky with that draw that he should in his last fight before this that he should have been a win in my opinion i think even the i think it was the one before that or maybe the one 
two fights before that where he lost a bit decision that I thought he also should have won. But as we say, when you're going into these foreign um, promotions against local guys or guys who train locally, um, it's it's tough when it goes to a decision. The crowd is popping for everything they do, and they're definitely silent for everything you do um, in the fight. So uh, fair play to him, fair play to him because you know after two of them decisions going against you, he went back and did it again. It takes balls, and it, it's a big risk, and with big risk comes big reward. And I think I think uh, there was there was a lot of people, a lot of people like were happy for him on um, on social media. I saw Norman Park like reaching out to him. I saw other fighters like I think other fighters who've been there have been on the wrong end of bad decisions and in, in hometowns kind of root for the other we're rooting for Creedy because most people I think agree that he, a couple of a couple of them or a couple of them decisions on his on his record should have been wins yeah yeah and Norman Park should be nice and he needs to call him out I want to see that fight <laughs> <laughs> I do I think that fight makes a lot of sense you know and you know, Norman Park. Yeah, they can still fight, I suppose. Yeah, but you know, we like a bit of needle, do we? Like a bit of needle. Like, <laughs> I'm a dirty rotten hack gun around here. Fuck's sake, dirty journals always the same, aren't they? But uh, yeah, what about um, what about speaking of SPG uh, welterweights? Richard Coyley announced his retirement this week. He came on the podcast. We we talked about in this podcast last week that we were going to have Richard Coyley on to talk about his comeback and everything. You know, we're talking to him at Bama. What was it? Eight or eight or nine days ago, or whatever. Working us, he was working us at the Bama show. Us, yeah. But uh, but we got him on anyway, and he's. It doesn't seem like an MMA retirement, but he does say if you know he gets uh, Terence Brazier, as he calls him, <laughs> that he will come out of retirement and fight him. But he seems to be a guy, you know. He's, he he talked to us on the on Patreon, obviously, and he said that you know he he get, his plan always was to give it a year. He had a good job, and he's you know it, it kind of it didn't work out for him as such, and he kind of wants to go back and maybe get that job again and you know start a family and buy a house or whatever. And, and, and I, I don't think I think it was not that it didn't work out. It was just that it, it, uh, he's like not a young guy. He's, he's in his thirties. He's not in his 20s even though he, he's only in yeah. the game young and he says like you know if i want to kind of if i get to the ufc for the first few fights i'm just going to be getting paid like 10 and 10 anyway so it's not really like you can't really build for the future and it's kind of time for him to, to grow up and kind of at least pretend to be an adult <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah you know uh, he'd probably be back because it's MMA. Yeah, they're all, yeah. they're all <laughs> yeah, no. He Except gave me a bit of and Cole Conrad yeah. are the only two, the only two who actually retired. You one's enjoy doing and one's in the movie business. So. Yeah, one's doing letters. And stuff. No. I've, I've still never had Chopped yet. I want to get a bit of Chopped. I think there's one in Limerick now, actually. So someone text me in there, give me a free Chopped or something. Sound. Uh, but uh, yeah, you, <laughs> Richard Kiley <laughs> gave me a bit of you gave me a bit of stick as well, which I know you enjoyed, Fair didn't enough, you? Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, I, I deserved it. Loads of people give me. Who else? Does someone else give me stick as well this he week? He kind of agreed with us about Richard Kiley. Kind of agreed with us about the world title though. Not being yeah, he did, yeah, he hundred percent. Man who just fought for the, the, the Bama title is fair enough. Like a lot of people, yeah. um, kind of get caught up in it, but he seems to have a good perspective on on things. Like, yeah, he does. In fairness, yeah, so I'm answer. I'm looking forward to, to the comeback already. Uh, well, speaking <laughs> of comebacks, what about uh, Chocolate L announced this week for, oh. uh, on uh, <laughs> on the MMA or with Ariel that he's uh, on about coming back. How much on a level of one to ten? How much interest have you seen Chocolate coming back? Zero. Can we start like a, a MMA community GoFundMe for whatever money he's going to make in this, and he just to pay him not to fight? Yeah. <laughs> no like, what do you need, Chuck? Let us know. We'll, we'll start a GoFundMe so you don't have to fight. Please don't fight. Oh, Hundred grand or something like yeah. He's he forty eight years ago. With, with like a slightest breeze about ten years ago. Yeah. It's like, come on, please don't come back. Look at BJ yeah. Penn. He's nowhere near as old as you. I like, remember talking near as damage as much damage. I remember talking to a friend of mine at the time who was a huge Chocolate L fan, and um, 
it, we were we were talking about Justin Chocolatel was kind of his last few fights, and I remember he said a phrase to me which I'll never forget. He was like, "Chocolatel will get knocked out in a pillow fight these days." <laughs> just kind of you know his chin was absolutely gone, and I suppose it's not something you should laugh at. I know, but like for him coming back, what is this eight or nine years later or whatever it is uh, to fight again, <clears throat> just. It makes no sense, you know, especially against Tito Ortiz. You know, Tito was still fighting to what a year, 18. He beat Chelsea on like 18 months ago or whatever. Chuck coming back in against him, and I know Chuck has beat him twice, but he's not. If they fight again, I can't see that going well for Chuck. I think he's probably going to get a bad beating if he if he was to go in there and fight Tito Ortiz. So, you know, it's that makes it even worse, I think. You know, if yeah, he's I, think, to- I think I think Tito, look, I don't really say this about many fighters, I don't think many fighters are scared, but I think. Historically, Tito is afraid of Chuck Liddell, so maybe that'll play into it into Chuck's hands. But it's just, uh, I just, I just have no interest. Uh, I really don't, I, like it's not, it's not even just, it's not even the Tito Ortiz thing. I have no interest in Chuck Liddell fighting anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's and the, the UFC kind of have blood in their hands over this too, don't they? Like the, getting, getting him, getting rid of his job, and you know Dana White telling him he's a job for life. And he said that, and in the interview as well, I believe with Ario, I read an MMA fighting. I didn't actually watch the interview. I didn't get time, but. Uh, you know, it's he, he, you know, he said basically, I was promised a job for life, and yeah. here I am. I think, uh, in fairness kind of to Dana White, he tried to do the right thing by Chuck. He tried, he didn't want to like, he put him like, Chuck was the biggest star in the in the sport, even a year or two after he retired. He was the, the mm-hmm. MA fighter you see in adverts and stuff. He like he, the UFC could have made money off him, like uh, big money off him, like big pay per view sales. And they tried to do right by him, and then, like, you know, everything changed when they sold the company, and Dana's not really in charge anymore. And WME and ING are like, "Why are we paying this guy so much money to do basically nothing?" Yeah. Um, so I can, uh, I, uh, it, it hasn't worked out in the end, but I think, I think actually Dana White was trying to do the right thing by Chuck. Yeah, but in the end, he didn't. So yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on. I suppose another big story in the MMA line to be this week. I suppose it's something we wouldn't really talk about much uh, usually, but I suppose Ariel. I want to leave an MMA fighting going to to ESPN is you know probably one of the biggest stories in the MMA industry uh, this week. You know, obviously delighted for Ariel. It's, he, he mentioned it over on uh, over on Twitter. That was his kind of his dream to to always go for over to ESPN. But this, you know, I suppose with, with the TV deal and stuff over in the UK changing and him going to ESPN Plus, you know, he's I think he's his show his two shows are going on there basically. Or I think it's going to be called the MMA show with Ariel. And he's going to have a show with. Um, with Chael Sonnen as well on a Wednesday, I believe. This is a half an hour fast paced show with Chael. That's not going to work because Chael just shites on and on and on. Yeah. Ariel won't be able to get a word. It'll be like 28 <laughs> minutes of Chael talking after Ariel's two minute intro. Yeah, but that should be fun though. But what, what you like, it, it, it's obviously going to be a big change for the, the whole MMA landscape, isn't it? You yeah. know, it's good. I'm, I'm, I think it's a great move for ESPN. If you're going to get the TV deal, you're going to get the TV rights, you might as well do it properly and not have like, you know, Gus Johnson who knows nothing about. The sport or like uh jay glazer who's a fan who's not really or you know uh, kurt menifee who doesn't really know like you know you, you get people in who actually know about the sport and are the, at the top level like ariel is is the best around of what he does and um it's, it's a great decision to get him in um it's 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 um it's so it's you're, they're doing it properly like you know if, if you're gonna if you're gonna take this seriously you want to bring in the best broadcasters and i, I think ariel's the right choice are you gonna um, miss me uh when mma fighting try to sign me up to take over the mma <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna fly over to, to new york every weekend or every monday eh? who are you gonna get to replace me ah sure time a dozen you know yeah that's true anybody that's true. <laughs> 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 yeah but uh yeah congratulations ariel anyway hopefully we'll get him on the patreon and uh 
in a while and uh, he can talk about it and talk about other things in MMA anyway. But uh, yeah, fair play to Ariel. Congratulations. A fair play to ESPN as well. They got a, they got you know the best in the business. It's going to be a big gap to um, to to fill for MMA fighting. But uh, I'm, I'm sure they can do it as well. There's lots of, of good guys around. Put, put PT in there. Come on, give give PT's go. PT was on about leaving Dublin anyway. Send him Reggie, over to New York. Reggie, have Reggie. Have Niall McGrath do it. He'll do it at once every three weeks. He'll do a great podcast. But uh, <laughs> He came out of his coma anyway. I'm glad he's recovered. Yeah, I genuinely think it was everyone tweeting him after we called him out last week. That uh, that doesn't. We know he he snakely watches our listens as well. So fair play to him. Fair play to Niall. Who they have on last week? People go over there watch listen. Mark Mark Dickey and Craig White. Craig White. There you go. The Thundercats. So yeah. Um. Okay. Let's talk about UFC Chile. If anyone gives a shit, this main event. We, I mean, we won't stay on this too long because nobody even watched it. Nobody cares. This kind of <laughs> event, look, there's a lot of... When I found out Cameron Usman broke, broke both of his hands, it kind of changed all my analysis of this because this was a historically shit fight. This was absolutely terrible. <laughs> it, it was awful. Like, and I, I, you know, we come on here every week and we generally, you know, and people might say I'm being too critical and stuff, but every week, probably for the last fucking 20 weeks in a row, we've come on and said every, talk good things about every fight and Analyze it, and we, um, I'm, I, a bit of. This was a bad fight, and you, we, if if a fight is a bad fight, we need to say it's a bad fight. I think generally we're too soft on fighters, and I know he brought broke body hands and stuff, and fair enough, and maybe my analysis will change a little bit because of that. But you know, Usman came out early. And he tried to throw for the first round. He threw his hands, was landing a, a good bit on Maya, threw a leg kick, got taken down and popped straight back up. But then he kind of stopped the leg kicks and he had been throwing a good few leg kicks, but he struggled after that to land anything of note in big combinations because he couldn't throw the leg kicks because he knew he'd get taken down. In, in turn, that also stopped Maya from taking him down because against the fence, he's just too strong, too good of a wrestler. And I think the only way he was taking down was catching leg kicks. And when he wasn't throwing leg kicks, he wasn't taking him down. So what it turned into was Maya going for takedowns, Usman controlling his head, staying on top for like 45 seconds, and either the ref standing him up or Usman getting away and repeat and rinse and repeat. Usman throwing the odd jab, not putting any combinations together, landing a couple of backhands. He always did well with his, his left hand, whether it was... Uh, he, he switched stances very well and he threw his jab very well when it was... Uh, in uh, orthodox, he threw his backhand very well when he was in Saupa. So I think, you know, he, I'm not sure if he broke the right early, but you know, pro- probably so. And then came broke the left afterwards. But it was just one of those fights where Usman was winning all the way through. Maya had absolutely no chance of of taking him down because he's such a good wrestler. He's not even for, for him on the feet. Maya's not a good striker, we know. And it was just a boring five round decision. Uh, you know, and uh, look, if you're Usman, I know he broke body hands, but if you're Usman and you want to elevate yourself into being the best welterweight in the world, you have to be finishing Damian Maya. You know, you have to be throwing everything at him. You have to be land. You know, if you're ha- broke, brought your hands are broke, you he must have spent over the 25 minutes. He must have spent a good seven minutes, eight minutes, maybe on on top of Damian Maya controlling. He said, not letting him get on bottom, like. At what stage do you not throw elbows and you know bludgeon his head with elbows from the, from that position to try to get yourself a finish? Like uh, you, when you're against the fence, why are you not throwing big elbows at him? You know if you brought your hands are broken, and I know that's fucking harsh. You brought broke brought, brought his hands, but we're we're judging these lads at the very highest level. And for me, I think Cameron Usman will be. He could be the welterweight champion someday. I I really think this Cameron Usman is still improving an awful lot, and he, he no. Uh, 
a different level, but like Peter Quigley, you know, it takes time to get maybe that power and those finishes. And I think he is putting it together to become, you know, he, for me, he, he fought with bro, bro, uh, both his hands broken and he fought at a percentage of his ability that's, you know, 50% or something like that. He's going to improve an awful lot and he's still absolutely absolutely destroyed Damian Maya over five rounds. So that's how good he actually is. And I think saying, you know, this fight isn't great and he destroyed Maya so easily. I think that's a testament to how good he actually is and how good he could become that, you know, dominating someone as good as Maya over five rounds is still not as good as you can be. Yeah, I think I think he had a, a lot of respect for Damian Maya's ground game. Obviously, Maya's probably one of the best uh, ever to uh, just you guys ever in the, in the octagon uh, in MMA in general. Um, and I think we kind of saw that in the the Woodley fight and the even the the Covington fight where they know that it just it would it would just take one little mistake for for Maya to to end up on your back or to lock in a body triangle and and put you away. So I think. I think it's a it's a it's it's a it's a part of it part of the 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 reason he didn't he didn't kind of lay on the ground and pan with elbows and stuff like you're talking about. It's just out of, out of the knowledge and respect for this is just it's a lot safer to just play this safe than to give Damian Maya any kind of chance to to get to get a dominant grappling position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, it's hard to know what's going to be next for him as well because you know I suppose after next weekend we'll know more and we'll be able uh, we'll be able to talk about it. But with two broken hands, he's probably going to be out for a. Uh, a while again. Anything else on this, uh, uh, this card? Tatiana Suarez looked really good again. Um, got a good she's a great grappler. Yeah, she she looks like a, re- a really good prospect. Obviously, uh, Alexa Grasso now is is lost a couple, but she's she's also a good fighter and a good prospect. And she she made it look e- Tatiana Suarez made it look easy. And um, she obviously hasn't fought any of the, the very top level people yet. yet uh, but she's she's undefeated at six and zero, and definitely a really good prospect in that one hundred and fifteen women's division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dominic Reyes improved, impressed yeah. me an awful lot. What's he nine and or something like that now? Yeah, uh, no, no, no. Beat Jared Cannonier, who I I rate a lot. I think Jared Cannonier is a good fighter. You know, he's absolutely huge light heavyweight, big guy. Uh, I know Jared Cannonier maybe he's not the biggest light heavyweight, but he just towered above him and you know hit hits hard. Looked like a good athlete as well. So you know, and light heavyweight much needed uh, life into that division. We saw with Odzimir, it doesn't take much to get you into uh, into condition in there. So I think Dominic Reyes will probably be uh, probably be there soon enough. Anything else? I, I know Paulina, uh, but a good body kick. Yeah, Pantoja. Just um, yeah, Neil Siri, he fought some really good guys, didn't he? In his you know his last few fights, whether it's uh, you know Kawajiri, Pantoja. You know, his last two fights, and, uh, you know, he went to decision, obviously, with Kawajiri, and he had a three-round war with Pantoja. So, yeah, I think it says a lot about Neil Siri how good he actually was, and, you know, the, the the kind of the autumn of his career, fighting two of the best guys in the world. Pantoja is a really, really good fighter, isn't he? Yeah, Pantoja is I think because Neil Siri is such a shite bag, people just don't like him. Brandon Moreno, like, uh, is a really good fighter. Like, a lot of people are high on him, and... That's that's a win now uh, in the Ultimate Fighter for Pantoja by uh, choke and a win by decision in the UFC over over Moreno. So uh, mm-hmm. he proved that was no fluke. His losses okay are to Dustin Ortiz by decision, but Dustin Ortiz is a, is a strong grappler. He's an awkward guy to fight. Um, if you look back through Pantoja's record, like um, he beat Demacio Page as well. He he beat Eric Shelton. Obviously, Neil Siri, uh, he beat him. Uh, he finished Neil Siri, which is very hard to do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so like this Pantoja, he's a, he's a tough nut, and he's he's named nineteen and three with another good win under his belt. So yeah, he's he's another good uh, 
he's a he's a good addition to the to the hundred twenty five pound division. And okay, he's 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 twenty eight. He's not exactly young, but he's experienced and he 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 seems uh he definitely drew a step up in in competition anyway to one of one of the one of the upper lesser on guys. And I'd be interested to see how he does. I wouldn't be surprised if he can go in there and win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Vicente Luque had a lovely little left hook KO as well. Yeah. had a, a nice knee bar on the undercard as well, and uh, you know that was that was basically it. not the best yeah. card in the world, but sure, these things uh, these things happen in MMA. Right, let's move on to your questions. Um, I'll have another podcast probably out with uh, a lot of the Twitter questions over on Patreon. So go over there, Patreon.com forward slash Severe Podcast, probably 10 15 minutes uh, extra, but we'll answer a good few of them here. Let's. There's one on Facebook before we get to the Patreon questions. Graham from Andy Hall. Is Henry Cejudo's recent social media attack on Mighty Mouse enough to land him the next title toss? Uh, um, uh, for Henry Cejudo, we, I think he should probably wait. And I think the UFC won't be in a rush to get him back in there uh, that quick. So I think maybe another couple of fights for Henry Cejudo before he gets back in there with Demetrius. Yeah, I, I'd probably agree with that. <clears throat> Although I, I do... T- <clears throat> I like this kind of persona. You know, I, I mentioned on Twitter... If, Dimitri Shanson's the ultimate baby face, and you kind of have to be the bad guy if you're going to fight him. So <clears throat> I think, um, I think he's he, right. He, he should have stuck with his Kurt Angle, uh, yeah, uh, heel and just talked about his gold medal constantly. Like he, he was, should, there. he should wear it around his neck all the time. Yeah. That's actually unbelievable. Just, say, just every every second or every time he finishes a sentence, he said, Did I mention I won a gold medal at the Olympics? Yeah, with a, with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he should just go full Kurt Angle. Yeah, he should. Yeah, legend. Uh, okay, over on Patreon, uh, Owen Heffernan. Thanks, Owen, for signing up. Uh, great man for sending questions. Well, everyone, if you're on Patreon, keep wh- whipping in the questions. We put a post up uh, every week, so I'll put them in there or just put them in the community. Uh, Owen Heffernan, would Fed or Amitrion meeting in the final be a bit of a disaster for Bellator or at least the worst-case scenario from the start? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know the, the first fight. I, look, Fedor did knock him down. You know, it was kind of almost a double knockout. So I think you can look back in that, and you know, they can say, you know, this could have gone either way. You know, Fedor almost beat him, and you know, if Fedor does go in there and beat Chael, you know, he'll have two two wins in a row. Then you know, Mir and Chael Sonnen, you know, two former UFC title contenders. I know Chael at middleweight. I will at light heavyweight as well, I suppose. But yeah, it's no. I think it'd be okay. I don't think it's the worst possible matchup. Two name guys, you know, it'd be worse. It was. You know, two two guys we've never heard of. So I thought I think it'd be okay. Yeah, yeah, I'd be I I'd like to see it again. I suppose I, I don't want like I don't think Matrion or <laughs> I actually didn't <laughs> mean to call him Matrion that time. Yeah. Um, Matt Mitrion, I think he's he's a good fighter, but I, I think like um there is like okay he, he just like the fight just happened there recently and Mitrion got to got to finish early, but I think it's a fight that Fedor can win and and um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it again, like as Fedor fights go. So yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's the worst case scenario. I think the worst case scenario is where the tournament just falls apart and two alternates or or an alternate is fighting somebody in a squash match or two alternates are fighting. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Keen Grady, what does Ariel and Chael's new show mean in terms of MMA moving into the mainstream and ESPN's daily coverage of the sport? And do you think the success of Chael and Ariel's show act as a measurement uh, of the non-hardcore audience interest in MMA? Uh, I, I think this is really to get people to sign up to the MMA or to the ESPN Plus thing over in America. And it's going to be interesting. I wonder how, how we'll be able to see it. But I suppose that's a, a chat for another day. But um, 
And if we get Ariel on, I'm sure we'll ask him about that. But yeah, I, th I think it's good. You know, ESPN are obviously trying to move. You know, this kind of happens all the time. You know, Ariel got signed up for for Fox as well, and you know they got Karen Bryant and stuff. That was kind of different though. It was kind of like yeah. a part-time basis. It like yeah, but still, they, they still get you know Damon Martin was with Fox and different people. I'm sure they'll be signing maybe a few writers and a few other people. Yeah, you can Sean and Severe Meta come there. ESPN, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it must, uh, must change that uh, email setting to forward on Sean and Severe May on to Graham and Severe May. <laughs> but uh yeah i think it is you know espn is obviously you know like the sky sports of uh of america and uh, they're the, you know it's the mainstream sports channel so this can be this can only be good for mma i think yeah i think uh, i think the signs are good uh with them going for ariel and getting them in full-time instead of part-time which which uh fox sports did as you mentioned that's true yeah, yeah. um so it, yeah it looks like they're making all the right moves but obviously the proof will be in the pudding and let's see let's see how it works out but uh, i think having ariel there he he has high standards and he'll be able to uh he'll be able to get whatever guests he wants and all that stuff and um dana white's always like really liked espn he's given the espn interviews when even when they're with um even when the tv deal with fox and fox sports and stuff so uh it seems like it's the right deal for for the ufc and for for espn but only time will tell mm -hmm. that's true uh Dalton stickney why in god's name are they making shevchenko's sister fight in dana white's contender series to get to the ufc is it because women's divisions are so deep uh with talent and contenders yeah no i i i, I was thinking about this i saw it the other day and i really think that this is a case of them trying to build this contender series and yeah. the, the ufc are extremely um childish with their promotion and i think to promote someone as oh this person is another person's sister is very easy to promote and i think the ufc needs something that easy to promote to actually promote so you know i think that's why you know we saw it with that american football guy as well um what's his name i don't know greg hardy Break Hardy, there we go. They're putting him on it as well. So yeah. I think it know. makes sense. Like, uh, I said, the Nick Newell thing as well. Like, yeah, it just, as well. there you go. Yeah. More spotlight on on if you're just another fighter on a on a random card, you're kind of lost in the mix a bit. But when you're the, the main attraction, that even if it's at this small, much smaller show like Dana White's Contender Series, it still has the UFC media, social media, and stuff behind it, and has has interest from from um like worldwide mma media and all that so i think it, it just kind of puts you in the spotlight a bit more and if and they're probably going to give these guys favorable matchups um they should anyway in my opinion if they're going to try and push this uh this 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 promotion so yeah i think it makes sense and i think it's a it's a good idea to have a couple more avenues for for showcasing fighters mm -hmm. keen keening over patreon asks how far do you think lee hammond can go on his mra his pro mma career graham um well he's he's still an amateur and, and like a lot can change but uh he, he's he's been he's been very very good at amateur he's he's been improving a lot his jiu-jitsu is obviously really really good he's hitting baron bolos and like i think all like Hanzo gracie were like retweeting that saying that the first uh, baron bolo in mma and all that stuff so now i think that was one of lee hammond's first mma uh, amateur mma fights and he, he, I think another one of his first, or I think that was the same fight. He, he landed a spinning back fist knockout. Yeah. So I think maybe there's definitely still a lot of work to do. But I think I think he like he's only an amateur and he has to go through like fighting these massive events and the pressure that's going to be on him and fighting world um, across the, around Europe and across the world and stuff. But all the signs are that he has he has what it takes to to be a well-rounded martial artist he picked up a lot of striking pretty quickly he wasn't just a plain uh, straight jiu-jitsu guy maybe maybe the, the the actual like kind of 
defensive boxing base basics and stuff like that we haven't really seen him come up against that uh some guy who's really good with, with with boxing and see how he reacts but there's still a few questions and things we haven't seen about Lee Hammond yet but all the signs have been good so far he's shown a lot of heart he's been in a few wars even in amateur uh he's very tricky on the ground he's, he's shown he can knock people out so yeah all the signs are good uh yeah uh bigger Nicholson uh who's better Mo Salah or Luis Suarez from the 2013-14 season uh, I think Luis Suarez is really slightly better. Um, yes. I think Luis Suarez is in a worse, a much worse team. Um, I think the Liverpool team now, like the players around uh, Salah, are, are like I think Suarez is kind of making goals for himself out of nothing more than Salah is. But it's very close. Mm. It's very close. Like I think Suarez was dragging that team along um, at loads of stages during during this the season. I'd say he probably had I don't know this for a fact, but I'd say he probably had more like winning goals or winning points goals and stuff like that. Even though he scored less goals in the, in, in in the Premier League, but they weren't in the Champions League as well. So maybe it's hard. Like yeah, that's a good argument you've made, Vernus. Yeah, I think it's pretty comparable. Like Luis Suarez did an unbelievable season that time. Yeah, uh, I saw well, Luis yeah. Suarez live as well. I haven't seen most of live yet for Liverpool, like in person. And when you see Suarez live, you just see how much work he's doing and just like his anticipation of everything and just he, mm-hmm. the way he just kind of, the way he runs around so much kind of makes everybody else have to do it because it, like he's gone so mental. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Johnny Burns, ball predictions for the week. Slight chance or no chance? Okay. Colby Covington never wins the UFC title. Slight uh, chance. Big chance, I think. Uh, Darren Till beats Wonderboy and Liverpool win the Champions League. Slight chance. Slight chance, yeah. Peter Queeley fights for the UFC or Bellator in 2018. 2018. 18, I think he has a... I think he probably has a few fights quite left with that quite nice well, club. Yeah. Bellator, you could, you, like, you could end up on a Bellator card, I can see that. He could end up... He was very close to the UFC already uh, on short notice, so it's a slight chance, but I'd say if probably 2019 would be more realistic. Yeah, Macro and Americani fight for the UFC title before Mursad Bektic. Very small chance. No chance. Uh, ESPN signs Robin Black as part of their MMA coverage. Uh, um, who fucking knows, but very slight chance. Yeah. Uh, Big John McCarthy succeeds Dana White as UFC president in the future. No chance. I hate saying no chance because like no, it's, such a, it's, it's such a... You can never tell, but very, very small chance. Yeah, no bother. No chance. Uh, all right, let's move over to um to Twitter. We've a few from Facebook as well, but I'll answer him over on uh, over on Patreon. K- Kieran Sherwin asks, when can we get Graham and Liverpool and a Liverpool fan onto an actional Premier League season review? Well, Graham, who do you, you want to get on to do it? Uh, he wouldn't. He didn't. Wouldn't. He, well, he didn't like me. Me and JJ doing it. I thought we did a good job. Ah, yeah, I, you're a bit biased. I thought, but Man United fans are like obviously going to be a bit biased towards Man United fans, like every other fan. Who's going to be biased towards their team in a way they watch much more their football and much closer and all that stuff and Man United fans are delusional obviously um, <laughs> yeah no I actually enjoyed the show to be honest though, as well um, we should, we we'll do a we'll do a proper uh, Champions League review of Liverpool win it or okay. like crying into my point yeah uh, you you can uh, ring me that there because I want to have seen the match you can just describe what happened to me and I'll. Uh... I will do like five minutes on the phone or you'll something. Be there, you'll be there roaring at the TV, wishing we I'd be at a wedding. I, I, won't, be able, on. I won't be able to watch it. No, I won't. You'll you find a way, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, Lord Gavin Springett. Uh, oh, he asked about BBC uh, uh, coming 
having the, the thing we talked about that. Uh, Sean Dini, is Dominic Reyes the spark the UFC light heavyweight division needs right now? Yeah, we talked about that as well. Oddly, I think I might have no, seen that. I don't think he's, we could be. I don't think he's a game changer. I don't think we can say that yet. Like, but yeah, yeah that's true. maybe. Yeah. Farrell Connolly, what members of Severe may be attending covering UFC Liverpool this week? Graham, I don't uh, know. Harry <laughs> Williams, Steve Cook Abbott, and Shawnee Betts. Is there anyone going to Bellator? Uh, no. Fucking useless bastards. Fuck's sake. Why are they all going to live UFC Liverpool? Fuck's sake. Never liked them. Are you going over now? No, I'm not going over. I was I was kind of half thinking about it, but um, those lads obviously living over there and they're the UK arms, so... Uh, Be unfair. Yeah. Let Be them unfair. go. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Farrell Connolly again. If Ireland get a UFC this year, could it be time for another invasion? Richie Smullen, Blaine O'Driscoll, Peter Quigley, and Kiefer Crosby. I don't think. I think the guys who who came in the first UFC or the second UFC Dublin were like much more developed in their career. They 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 weren't like yeah. four and five and zero. Oh, they were like you know eleven and two or like Paddy. I think Paddy Hulam was ten and zero, oh, and Ashling was what, what like or she wasn't on that one, but. She was and around the same time. Pendred was what, like 13 and 2 or 13, 2 and 1 or something mm-hmm. like that. I think they were a bit more experienced in their careers. So I think it may be maybe a year or a year and a half away from, from that. But yeah, these days, though, there's a bit more of a spotlight. Like back then, there wasn't much of a spotlight at all on Irish MMA and nobody was really looking for fighters out of Ireland. Now, nowadays, mm-hmm. people are looking for the next Conor McGregor or whatever. So uh, yeah. I think this time next year, if all those lads maybe get two or three more wins, then it could be a time for another huge invasion. Like, but yeah. at the moment, you know, they, I'm sure they could all go in and win fights in the UFC, but not at this very moment. I don't think. I think I think like you know I'm not sure what James Gallagher's uh, um, contract. contract situation is, but if, if I, I I don't know, but if he can like reel off a couple of he's been injured obviously, but if he can reel off a couple of two or three wins and. I'd say then he'd probably be out of contract or have one or two left on his contract. And like, I'd love to see, uh, like, he's, I know Bellator has been great for him, but I'd love to see him in the UFC, especially uh, in two or three fights' time. Uh, obviously, he's been injured. It kind of set him back, but he was looking fantastic before that in his, in his previous mm-hmm. two. And uh, I think maybe they should put that Adam Borchich or whatever fight, your man's, your man's second name is, however he's answered, that they tried to make for uh, Budapest mm-hmm. back together. Uh, and, Funny enough, Michael Catterson asks, who do you think should be next for James Gallagher? So there you go. That's. There's your answer, Anna. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it made, it made sense. Uh, he also, uh, Paul Hugh asks, uh, do you think every Bellator event will be live from now on? No, I don't. But I've, I've asked. I haven't got an answer back yet, so I'll, I'll let you know over on Twitter as soon as I know. Asked, do you think Till gets next title shot if he beats Thompson? I think he will because the UFC is keen on building him as a star. I don't think he will because they have an interim title shot. Uh, they have an interim title fight. Yeah. So. But if he wins, he's very close, at least. He's very yeah, close. Yeah. He could sit out. But I don't think he's the sort of fella that will sit out. I think he'd probably take another one And after that then. Uh, am I the only uh, key and OG? Am I the only one who feels like UFC Liverpool hype has kind of died a bit? It has, hasn't it? Yeah, it has a bit. Um, I think Darren Hill not doing that many interviews hasn't helped at all. Um, I'm not sure if, if it's this MTK thing. Or if it's just he's getting sick of it. I think it's all kind of new and great at the start when you're getting media attention after you've been training for the last whatever ten years and nobody's been taking any any major notice. And then it's 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 kind of like new and interesting and um, nice to be to be paid attention to. But then after after a year or two, you just get sick of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it could be that, or it could be the MPTK thing, or. How? Why would anyone sign up with them as their management team? Like, your your management team are like doing all they can to not get you media, and like, 
it's really strange it makes no sense like well, they might give you a few pounds fucking initially uh, but like come on jesus the thought think about long term and think about how you look as a you know as a person uh, signing yeah. up with them is just i guarantee you though if, if, if paddy pimler had been on this card even if he, even if people were hoping for him to get his head knocked in or choked out or whatever it is depending on who he was fighting people would be talking a lot more about it and he'd be doing interviews and he'd be he'd be making sure that people knew that this this show was going ahead and it, it's just a really big big uh misstep here for the ufc molly mccann and all like uh, like she's she's loved by the locals but pimblet has uh-huh. this this kind of um magnetism and polar he, 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 he polarizes opinion people 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 either love him or hate him and that's as you always say that that's most of the battle in mma to get people to care either way and in his hometown in liverpool he's already he's already been headlining these big these big cage warrior shows it just it, i know we keep saying it but it was just a bad decision by the ufc not to have him on the card yeah um callan divin asked about the esp and ariel thing we, we talked about it. mr podge thinks who do you think will be the, the one to take over from ariel and mma or who do you think graham i don't know it's, i don't know if anybody can do four and a half five hours like just like ariel does like it ariel's been doing that for what like six seven years yeah um, it takes awesome. a, like takes a, it takes a while to become comfortable enough and be able to talk for that long straight and be able to deal with people late for interviews or skype's not working or things change breaking news blah 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 it's gonna be very difficult for anybody to take over that job to be honest yeah 100 uh, yeah and i'll answer the rest of these over on patreon but last question here from kieran sable and how disgusted will sean be after limerick failed to be tip again ha Fuck you, Kieran Stapleton. Limerick won by six points. Yeah, so there you go. Ecstatic. What about Rush FA Cup final? Wasn't wasn't a great game. I, Man United were clearly the better team, though. I thought and probably deserved to win, but fair play to Chelsea. Wasn't, wasn't a great game. I think I'd say a draw probably would have been fair. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah it was a dollar game. I, Jesus, no, no. I was here with four people, and by the end, of the, by the time the match finished, everybody was gone. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty bad, all right. I thank God I was on the beer first; would have been depressing. But like Phil Jones is just like look at look at that. I, I love the way after that game, people were like calling out Chris Smalling, and I was watching with a few lads, and I was like, every time he did something good or bad, I was like pointing it out, and he literally didn't do anything bad in the whole game. I was I thought he was the best player in the field, and people afterwards, oh, Smalling and Jones are a joke. It's like Jones made a stupid mistake and he was terrible, but Smalling did nothing. Like <laughs> you know, it's, but it's really But Phil Jones is awful. Like how did Gareth Southgate bring? Phil Jones in front of in front of Chris Marnie. He's just a fucking idiot. Like, what, <laughs> what is going on? Phil Jones is done. Like, they need to sell Phil Jones immediately. Like, he's he's just finished. He's not good. But uh, yeah. So what would you know? You wanted the Lukaku uh, fired there a few months ago. Yeah, I may have overreacted in that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, these things do happen in football. It's an emotional game, and when somebody mm-hmm. does something that really annoys you, you can that initial. That initial like WhatsApp message or like reaction it can be very angry, yeah, <laughs> Mis- misguided. Or ten minute rant on the podcast, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah but yeah, look, looking forward to the the soccer next week and hopefully, uh, hopefully Real Madrid win. But fair play, if Liverpool win, congratulations to them. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. This was an enjoyable podcast. Graham, anything to say uh, while I pull up my inspirational quote here before we go? No, thanks to everybody who's uh, listened to this podcast and everybody who's supporting us over on Patreon and. Everybody who's bought any of the merchandise and anybody who supports Severe or even goes to Severe regularly, we appreciate you and uh, 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 share it around and spread the love. Yeah, like, what was it? 
I think it's three of the last 10 podcasts have been the most listened to podcasts uh, ever on the Severe Man podcast. So the, this continued growth, continued support of everyone is really appreciated. We probably don't say enough, but uh, thanks to everyone for listening uh, all the time. And it is great. And uh, we really, really appreciate you. You're awful, very nice people. So thanks again. Uh, and here's Except the... Eamon. Fuck off, Eamon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to Eamon for them to fuck off on the podcast over on Patreon. Eamon's a great man. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, lads, it'd be nice for yourself and Eamon and Nate and all if Liverpool win. So, look, it's uh, if they win, fair play to you. And I hope, uh, I wish you all well. And I hope you have very happy lives. Long, 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 yeah. Yeah. Nobody believes the word. <laughs> Hashtag babyface Ian. Okay, let's go uh, here with the inspiration quote. Thanks, everyone, for listening. In the end, we'll remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. We'll see you next Tuesday. And it'll actually probably be Tuesday because I'm on the beer all next weekend. <laughs>